Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish. I want to say Merry Christmas, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah to all those celebrating this holiday season. We're that close to that time of the year where we show more love to our family and friends. This is a festive occasion that I, I want to believe most of us take advantage of around this time of the year. And as we prepare for the new year, we're preparing for college playoff football. Yes, indeed. We are at the end of the season where we see a whole bunch of bowl games going on, at least 75, 80 bowl games going on before January 9th, where we get to see the playoffs between the Georgia Bulldogs, the Michigan Wolverines, TCU Horned Frogs and the Ohio State, the Ohio State University Buckeyes. Those are the remaining four teams that will be playing for the BCS Championship. And let me just rant for a few minutes about those four because it blows my mind that when it's all said and done, we see TCU there. We see Ohio State there. We were going to see Michigan and Georgia there because they're the only two teams that are undefeated that we really care about to play for a championship. But what really gets me is how we want to besmirch TCU because they're not in the Big Ten or they're not in the ACC or they're not in the uh, SEC. Come on, people. TCU earned a spot to play for the championship. Now, will they win it? Probably not. I can't see anybody really beating Michigan except Georgia at this point. And, I, and I'm rooting for TCU. I saw how they played throughout the season. And they were electrifying. I, I like the way they played against Texas. I like the way they played against Kansas State, even though they lost. I like the way they played against Baylor. They played some nail biters. And I want to give TCU all the credit for the way they played this season. They have an all-star quarterback in Dugan, and they have an offensive line that can move the ball. It just shows you just how talented this team can be. But let's face it, between Georgia and Michigan, who's going to stop these guys? Ohio State couldn't stop Michigan. And Ohio State's been known to stop Michigan. Nobody's beating Georgia. And, I mean, we've tried with LSU. We've tried with Alabama. Nobody's beating Georgia. So let's just say TCU does beat Michigan. Let's just say, for the sake of argument, they do beat. And that's not to say they can't. But let's just say that TCU does beat Michigan. So now we got to think that Georgia is going to get smoked by Ohio State. We know that ain't happening. So what I don't understand is how we really believe that TCU has a chance. And I'm not knocking TCU. Shout out to all those fans, alumni, and students out there. I know it's in Texas. I know it's Texas Christian University. I know it's out there in Texas. It may not necessarily be in Dallas. Maybe it's in Lubbock. I don't know. I don't know. 
But I want to give credit where credit is due. I, I like the way TCU played this year. I just think what it really comes down to, it really comes down to the two best teams in the world. Michigan being one of them. It, it, it hurts. It, it, it sends pains to my chest to have to say that Michigan is one of the best teams in the world because I love Penn State. We are Penn State. And I saw what they did to Penn State. But then look at Georgia. And, and there, there wasn't anybody that can really compete with Georgia. There isn't a team right now that can compete with I mean, honestly, who can compete with Georgia? Honestly. Are we saying Michigan will? Ohio State, please. Please. Georgia has now taken over. It's not to discredit what Georgia's done to this point. They did win a national championship last year. Yes. But for those recruits to go from Alabama to now travel further north there to Georgia to play football, watch out. This SEC is... Outside of what they do every season in college football, you see what UCLA and USC is doing. They're jumping ship. They're jumping a sinking ship to go over to the Big Ten. <laughs> so so it, it's getting to the point now where Alabama's so good, Georgia's so good, we got to move other recruits to, to the Big Ten to try to compete with these guys. No, you don't. Who are we fooling? <laughs> It, it, it's not like if you go to the Big Ten, all of a sudden we could be these contenders against Alabama. No. We could be contenders against Georgia. No. That's not going to happen. Come on. I give praise to TCU for doing an outstanding job this year. I try to give a little credit where it's due. And, and based on what I saw this year with TCU, they're outstanding. I like the way that they play. They play well in offense and defense. They deserve a shot for the championship. They really do. They honestly do. There's other teams that deserve a shot. But you know the, the teams that don't deserve anything are the teams that finish 500 and playing in bowl games. Oklahoma finished 6-6 six and six is in a bowl game? What? Louisiana, Raging Cajuns in a bowl game? They were 6-6. Six and six. There were another bunch of teams that were 6-6. Six and six. I can't recall all of them, but it was ridiculous. It's ridiculous that we have to honor, or better not honor, reward is probably the better word. We got to reward mediocre teams, average teams with bowl games. Who's going to sit there and want to watch Coastal Carolina play after going 6-6? Six and six? Or Tulane, if Tulane went 6 I don't maybe, I could be wrong about Tulane, so forgive me, Tulane University. I don't know if you guys were 6-6, six six, but you get the point. If you're 6-6, six and six, you don't deserve a bowl game. You don't. You have not proven to me, the commish, that you're worthy of time on TV, prime time, what have you, to go out there and compete with a team that's probably better than you. So now I got to sit on my couch, twiddle my thumbs, eat up all my chips and dip to have to watch Oklahoma play some other team that went nine and three or 10 and two, but could not compete, could not compete with the big dogs. So this is your consolation prize. You get to play against six and six Oklahoma. And I'm not just harping on Oklahoma, but I am sending a hint that the moment Lincoln Riley goes to USC, oh boy, Oklahoma looks like crap. Oklahoma looks like trash. What is, what is that about? We, we, we couldn't do well 
enough to even try to compete for a chance at a big bowl game, we got to play in the rinky-dink bowl. We got to play in the Toys R Us bowl. We got to play in the toilet bowl. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. It was coming, but it's just the point. Oklahoma University, you played like trash. Yes, you lost one of the best coaches in college football. This man is amazing. He's coached three quarterbacks to win in Heisman trophies. Shout out to Caleb Williams, who just won the Heisman Trophy a few weeks ago. Started off in Oklahoma. Went to USC. The moment Lincoln Riley went to USC and wins the Heisman Trophy. All I'm saying is this. We cannot reward mediocrity. We cannot reward people that are just average. Teams that are average. Teams that show you that we have flaws. That we can't win games. We can't be consistent. We can't have bowl games where we think that we could just honor a lot of these institutions because they played fairly well. We don't want to see a team in a bowl that played fairly well. What if Alabama was to play a team like Oklahoma at this point? Who would want to watch that? Or better yet, since Alabama's not even in contention, what if we wanted to see Georgia play against a team like Oklahoma? Man, I wouldn't even turn on the TV. What's the point? We know Georgia's going to smoke Oklahoma because everybody else has smoked Oklahoma. So what are we doing? What 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 is the NCAA trying to do? What are they trying to prove by putting these mediocre teams on TV for us to watch? Please. At this point, the only thing we'd probably want to see would be TCU as they play against undefeated Michigan. The only thing we probably would want to see is the Ohio State University playing against the University of Georgia. Because that's what really matters at this point. No one cares who finished fifth. No one cares who finished sixth. That will change. But for the time being, let's see these four teams go at it come January 9th when the time comes. So says the commission. I haven't been on the mic for a while. And that's in large part because of the family obligations that the commission had to uphold. And I can appreciate all those that have sent their condolences for the time that I had to be away from the mic. I wanted to do a special show because it is Christmas time. It is a time for us to be caring and giving. So I want to give you guys a show. I want to be able to give you guys something that you guys can appreciate based on what you've done for me this past year in 2022. I truly thank you. I am grateful from the bottom of my heart for the things that you guys have done as far as just listening, subscribing to the Kneel Down Podcast. Tell your friends about me because guess what? It gets better, ladies and gentlemen. This is one of those things that just won't go away. I'm going to keep talking. I thought about it for some time. I said, you know what? Maybe I should just shut up for a while. But you know what? I can't. I can't shut up knowing that I've got so many things on my chest I need to share with you. One of the things I want to share with you today is Deion Sanders going to the University of Colorado. They're in Boulder, Colorado. Shout out to Deion. Not that he needs to get a shout out from me, but I've been following Deion since he's been in the NFL. And I know what Dion is all about. I'm very well of his personality. It's very polarizing. It's very illuminous. This is who he is. 
You either take it or leave it. Either you can understand the words coming out of Dion's mouth or you can't. Either you understand what his whole motive is when we're talking about college football, you don't. He has a way with kids. He has a way with young men. And he has a way with making people win. Making young men become mature young men to play football and win games. He has done that over the course of three seasons at Jackson State University. And as much as I give praise to Jackson State for allowing him an opportunity to be a coach, he has taken that team to three SWAC SWAC titles in his time as coach. And he's earned every moment, opportunity to become the coach, the new head coach of the University of Colorado. And yet there are many of us, and when I say us, I have to believe there is a number of people out there, a percentage of people out there understand who I'm talking about. When I say there's a number of us that cannot accept Deion Sanders going to the University of Colorado because what you didn't do was make this Jackson State team a formidable name in the household of people and players that want to see HBCU teams succeed and flourish. It's not enough to be there for just three seasons and say, I'm out. We can't accept the fact that Deion Sanders took the high road and said, I'm going where the money is. But isn't that who Deion's been since day one? Didn't he do a video with Hammer about people have to show him the money? It must be the money. Maybe maybe MC Hammer wasn't in it. I know Hammer was there. I'm sure Hammer helped them choreograph the, the, the video or something. He might have been holding the camera. I don't know. But it's the point that this is who Deion Sanders is. We should be thrilled. We should be, I won't say grateful, but we should definitely be thrilled. We should be excited. We should be happy, glad to see a Division I-A school take it upon themselves to say, you know that Deion Sanders could do a lot for the University of Colorado because he will. He will send a number of his recruits from Jackson State to Colorado, put them in the transfer portal, and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, they will become Colorado Buffaloes. They'll be playing in the Pac-12 conference for now until they decide to jump ship to the back to the Big Ten themselves. I don't know. I don't know what Colorado intends to do. All I know is that Dion's taking over one of them, the weakest teams in the conference in Colorado. I mean, they're up there with Arizona State, Arizona. <laughs> you know, I don't want to downplay or discount these institutions. Shout out to the Pac-12 on a sensational season that you guys have had, especially with USC, UCLA, and others. Oregon. Oregon is usually in the hunt all the time. But now we're talking about Dion. Dion. Primetime in Colorado. The perception that I want to provide you guys is the perception that I see when it comes to a coach taking on a new program, starting from the bottom, the ground, up. Started from the bottom, now we're here. You know what Drake said? This is what we're talking about with Dion. He's starting from the bottom. But here we are. And here we go 
with another organization with the same regime. I want to bring in guys that are willing to listen to what I have to say. Guys that are disciplined, mature enough to understand what they need to do to go out there and win games. I have to firmly believe that Dion has that magical touch with these young men when it comes to coaching and teaching them the ways and the skills, the technique of playing football. And I want to believe the perception here is that he will get into them the same way he got into them at Jackson State. And I want to also believe that at some point, Deion Sanders will win games for the University of Colorado. But the biggest question mark to many people, and maybe not so much to the commission, but to other people, is that did he sell out his time at Jackson State just to get a little bit of fame and notoriety in Colorado? Because I think a lot of people, fans, young men, women, older men and women, probably think that he sold out Jackson State to go to a powerhouse in Colorado. First of all, it's not a powerhouse. We haven't seen Colorado in the hunt for a national championship since 96, maybe? 95, 96? When they had Cordell Stewart, Eric Bieniemy. I mean, what are we talking about here? Colorado wasn't even a phenomenon until those guys came into the scene. And then we gave a you-know-what about them because they had some pretty good talent. I don't think they dominated against USC. I don't think they dominated against UCLA, Utah, Arizona. I don't know if they dominated. But at the same time, they became relevant around that time. We can't remember the coach, but we can remember Slash. We can remember Eric B. because he was running all through them people. Now you see him coaching in Kansas City, and you wonder, oh, well, you know, maybe that guy has some talent after him. Maybe he knows football. But without digressing on Eric B. shout out to him. All I'm talking about is the fact that we should be grateful. We should be thrilled that Colorado gave Deion Sanders a chance. If Jackson State really wanted Deion to be there at Jackson State, don't you think he would? Have, they would have gone above and beyond for this man? Don't you think that Jackson State would have given this man the world if he tried to? I really don't think, I don't think that for Jackson State it was a question so much of ethics. It was just more so a question of what can Jackson State do for me that Colorado's doing for me right now? Maybe he relied on Jackson State to say, okay, this is what Colorado's bringing to the table. What what can you offer me after three years in this program? And who's to say if Jackson State didn't come out and say, well, we're doing the best we can, Dion. You know, you're a man. You're a number one guy. We want to make sure you get the top dollar over here, but you're not showing him the money. Didn't you see the dang on video? Show me the money. Must be the money. Because it's about money. Of course, it's about getting his kids through school, but top priority is always about getting the money. It's hard to pass up on those zeros, knowing that even if it is Colorado, I can do something with this organization. I can do something with this institution. People can respect the smile. People can respect the swag. People can respect the success. It's about what Jackson State couldn't match what Colorado was giving Dion that let Dion walk right out of Jackson State and we want to call him a sellout let any job give you a call tonight any job 
I don't care where it is. Let it be Dunkin' Donuts. Shout out to Dunkin' Donuts. Let it be Starbucks. Let it be McDonald's. Let it be any type of job that's willing to give you six figures for telling somebody to flip the burgers or, or, or make the coffee. You mean to tell me you wouldn't take that job the next day? Six figures? What I mean by six figures is at least 100K. Now, this is not what Dion is getting. He's not getting 100K. The point I'm trying to make is that the money was just too much for him to say no to. You can't expect Dion to say no to that. Even if it is the University of Colorado, they still bring in money. There's still alumni there that still want to see the Buffaloes go out there and win. And why not? They're still in the big, they're still in the Pac-12. They're still in the big time conference. Give credit where credit is due. Dion did the right thing. It doesn't make a difference what we have to say about his decision. It's just the fact that Dion did what he thought was right for him and his family. And let's just hope and pray that while he's in Colorado, that there will be success. Because I know with that program, it's going to be hard for him to try to just bounce back and become contenders in that program. Because it's it's, it's not what they're used to doing. It's It's not what they are used to being in this position when we're talking about the Colorado Buffaloes playing for contention in what could be a championship run within the next few years. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I wanted to talk a little bit about Dion. Not that I have to uh, cement anything regarding Dion Sanders and his accomplishments, accolades. The Hall of Famer. Doesn't make a difference where he goes. He is going to make that program special because he's special. Speaking of special, let's talk about this championship. Excuse me. Let's talk about this playoff picture we have going on right now. <laughs> What's amazing to me is that if I don't know, maybe a few months ago, I talked about how Detroit might have looked like trash, and I might not have called Detroit trash. I might have called them a dumpster fire. I might not have called them a dumpster fire. But it's just amazing that after several weeks. Detroit Lions have won six of the last seven games to place them in the hunt, in the hunt for the playoffs. You know what else is amazing? The fact that we're going to put Green Bay in that position for them to be in the hunt for the playoffs as well. How long are we going to keep ringing that bell about the Green Bay Packers going to the playoffs? We're not going to be happy until we see Aaron Rodgers in the playoffs by the skin of his teeth. And even if they do make the playoffs, who are they going to beat? <laughs> who is the who will the Packers beat? See, the thing about the Green Bay Packers, and I, I'm trying not to spend so much time on this. The Green Bay Packers right now can't hold a candle to Detroit Lions. They can't. And, and all everybody's saying the same thing. We got Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, but you know what? Detroit has heart. The Detroit Lions have heart. They have confidence. They've got the swag. Some of these guys are strutting around in the in the stadium in the parking lot. We saw what we did. We saw what they did to Arizona. We saw what they did to Minnesota. 
We saw what they did to the last year. We saw what we did to the Jets. We saw what the Lions did to the Jets. It's just the fact that, listen, right now, Detroit Lions are looking hot. I want to say the Washington Commanders are hot in spite of the loss against the Giants. And I'm not going to go down that road about what I saw and how the referees and officiating was. It's still the fact that even after losing against the Giants, they're still in the contention to be in the playoffs. Seattle still in the contention to be in the playoffs. A lot of things will have to happen for Seattle. But it's still the fact that Seattle wins, Giants lose, or in this case, Washington lose, and, 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 and guess who's back in the seventh seed? And you know what's really amazing? We look at the AFC. There are so many people that are so quick now to say that the Cincinnati Bengals are probably the best team within that conference to be in contention for a shot at the Super Bowl. But that's in large part because of what they did last year to get themselves in the Super Bowl. There's nothing right now that should shock anybody to think and believe that the Cincinnati Bengals can't make it to the Super Bowl. I didn't... I didn't necessarily say that they were going to go. I mean, I'm still leaning on the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. But I would have thought that if the Bills were not going to play the Chiefs for a shot at the Super Bowl, then the Bills would have to play the Cincinnati Bengals for a shot at the Super Bowl. But as I said before, it's the fact that for the Buffalo Bills, shout out to the Bills in Orchard Park there in New York, for the Bills to be on this position, the position of, of ascending to a point where no team can compete with them. Right now, they are the number one seed in the AFC, which means all roads would have to go through Buffalo. Even if Cincinnati pulls that off, they still got to go to Buffalo. Even if Kansas City finds a way to place themselves in a position to smack up Cincinnati or Miami or any other team that's in contention to go to the playoffs, they still would have to go to Buffalo. And this is what I was saying at the beginning of the season. We know Josh Allen has not been playing MVP-like this year. But it's still the fact that Kansas City couldn't beat the Buffalo Bills. Kansas City didn't have an answer for Josh Allen. And as much as we want to downgrade Buffalo and the way they played over the last few games, it's still the fact they're the top team in the AFC. And and all the other teams that are contending or in the hunt with the Los Angeles Chargers, go Chargers, go. And other teams like perhaps uh, the Vegas, Las Vegas Raiders, and then all the other teams. Listen, let's face it. When it comes down to the meat and potatoes of it all, it's Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and that's it. In the AFC, it's Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati, and that's it. And for where Cincinnati is right now, they're hot. And good for them. Kudos to them. Shout out to all the fans out there in Cincinnati. You deserve this moment because in the beginning of the season, we didn't know these guys were even sick. We didn't know they were going to flop or, or, or just drop off the face of the earth. We didn't know what they were going to do. But then we see Baltimore losing, and we see Cincinnati winning. 
And so right now, it's safe to say that Cincinnati, at the rate they're going, they're going to win that division. And best believe, even if they're in second or third place, we will probably see the Bengals there in Buffalo for a chance at the championship. But I'm not discounting the Kansas City Chiefs. I know what Patrick Mahomes is capable of. And right now, he looks like he could be the man for the MVP. But it's not about the MVP, as he says. It's about winning the Super Bowl. And I got to believe for Josh Allen, it's for him to win the Super Bowl, too. So let's go at it. We're only weeks away from what is the playoffs. But we're still into week 15, if I'm correct. Or maybe 16. Let's just say week 16, okay? So says the commission. You have been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I want to thank all those for listening to my show. It means that much to me. I did see the numbers for the Kneel Down podcast and the success that we've had over the last year in 2022. And I want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart just listening, understanding, enjoying, being entertained by the commission. Means that much to me to know that you guys really care. And I want to let you guys know as we prepare for the new year, I intend to do a little bit better because I want you guys to stay involved with this show, with this podcast. With that being said, again, I wish everybody the best of holidays. I'll do it again next time, maybe next year. We'll see how that goes. But until that time comes, peace and love to all those out there. All those celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever type of holiday it is. Peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated.